Welcome to the Call Center BS Podcast, where we give you all the ammunition you need to make sales. If you're in need of targeted leads, data, live agents, phone systems, direct-to-voicemail campaigns, or any other Call Center-related BS, make sure to visit our website, callcenterbs.com, to connect with us. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Call Center BS Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Basilio. Today with me is my friend and my business partner out on the West Coast, Mr. Patrick Adler. What's up, dude? What's up, man? Good, good. We uh, we tried doing this last night. It got late. I ended up watching the Motley Crue movie, Dirt. The Dirt? I watched that, yep. um, which I thought was awesome. So I don't know. Someone told me, oh, I heard it wasn't that good. I think they're crazy. I mean, I grew up in the Motley Crue era. Uh, you know, that was my shit when I grew up, like late 80s. You know, I was like a teenager and I loved Motley Crue and I thought it was a great movie. You know, I did uh, I did read some reviews afterwards, like Rolling Stone was like, oh, it didn't exactly happen like that. This is what actually happened, this and that. But I mean, who gives a fuck? It was a good movie. It was pretty close to what happened. Like people are, hey, critics are out of their fucking minds, dude. Yeah, no, I agree on that. I mean, like, that's the crazy thing. Like, look at Bohemian Rhapsody. There were still so many critics that were like, oh, it didn't exactly happen like that. There was so much other stuff. I mean, you can only cram so much into a movie. But I think they did a a, a good job, you know, really portraying and, and kind of giving you the, the backstory of a band, you know, and what they go through. I thought it was fucking awesome. I thought I love I, I love uh, Molly Crew, man. You know, I, I thought it was great. I thought it was great. I enjoyed it. And then by the time I got home, beat, I called you. I was like, you know, let's just do it tomorrow. So because we're doing it today, you know, Pat's in the office. So he's like, he's in his fucking car right now where it's quiet because the office is loud. It's a full office. There's guys on the phones yelling. Brian's on the phone. So there's no way uh, we could have had any kind of decent audio doing it that way. So are, are you in your are you in the yellow dragon right now? I'm in the yellow dragon. <laughs> Pat. Pat's got a car that's very, very bright yellow. You'll see him from a fucking mile away. It's not a yellow Lamborghini yet, but it's a yellow fucking car. Uh, <laughs> exactly. It'll it'll get upgraded one day, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. So, you know, a lot has happened. A lot has happened since the last podcast. Um, and I did do a live show with my buddy John Balcazar, and I posted it up in the Facebook group. But uh, there was definitely a lot of stuff that happened, and I'll kind of – a kind of recap. So, you know, last week on the podcast, you know, um, I think Brian was it me or Brian. I think it was, no, I think it was me and Kevin who did it. And, and we talked about uh, being more aggressive, right? I think the title of the podcast was, and just really starting to, you know, like things are good. We have a good foundation. We've really built this business methodically in the past eight months, trying to not make any big mistakes and being really, really on top of customer service, fulfillment, the sales guys, compliance, what they're saying, real tight and now it's like all right now we got to make a push we're doing some good revenue we're doing well over six figures a month in gross revenue and now we're going to push it a lot higher so we aggressively hired uh three new upsell uh upsell reps here in jersey uh they all started monday we're pushing hard to start getting you know some upsells which are the higher ticket items that we sell that also have reoccurring you know, $200 a month reoccurring revenue attached to it. That's where 
that's where the real money's made. And I know, uh, you know, Pat, you know about what we did last time here, me and Kevin, when we had a hundred people here and when we really started making money is when we really made the big push. We got aggressive, uh, hired sales guys and forced it in. And then, you know, you, you know what kind of numbers we did last time. So we're at a real pivotal point here in, in, in our business here where now all the pieces are in place to get the recurrent revenue from where it is now to, you know, multiple six figures a month pretty quick, like within the next three to six months. So I'm fucking psyched. And, uh, you know, putting that tonality within the company culture about being more aggressive, we're hitting, you know, record numbers on the front sale. Um, Sales guys are being more aggressive on the phones. Uh, You know, management here is being more aggressive to get customers fulfilled. Uh, just a just a more aggressive vibe across the whole company. I know you guys see it there too, right? Oh yeah, I mean it, it, it's a whole different mentality and attitude. You know, I think, and you could probably agree on this one, Anthony. Is I think the one thing that anybody has owning a business or even being in sales is always the the, the fear of failure, right? They don't want to do this because they fear that they fail. And when you kind of get the aggressiveness on, I think you, you really see people kind of forget about fear. You know, they, they really just focus on one thing and one thing only is a goal and moving forward and just progressing further that failure or fear is no option. Right. I mean, it's just a matter of trying to grow as individuals, but grow as a company. And I think, you know, us, you know, you, me and Kevin, um, and Brian, we really came together and realized like, Hey, we need to take the fear of, you know, take the fear of failure out of it and just really put our foot on the gas and be aggressive about growing this business. Yeah. yeah. More people and don't take it, you know, don't stop and wait for things to settle. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just making the right decisions and really looking at, you know, both aspects of all the decisions. Like, for example, I didn't really talk to you about this, Pat, last night, but I was talking to Kevin and Brian. I didn't want to reiterate it again to you last night. I figured it would come up in another conversation, but I had an hour conversation with Kevin about it. I talked to Brian for an hour about it. So, you know, and um, yeah, this is just uh, probably good for people to hear just when you're an owner and you got to make smart decisions for the business. Right. So it's actually good that we didn't talk about this so you could give a fresh, clear opinion on it. Right. So when we were here cranking, when we had a hundred people here a couple of years ago, um, you know, we had our front sale, which is what you guys are doing there. And then we had upsell, which you're doing here. Back then we had about 50 guys on front sale and then we had 15, 20 guys doing the upsell. Right. And then we had the rest were all customer service and performing and appointment setters. Right. So, you know, back then, um, what happens is the front sale gets done. And back then, the way we did, and then we had appointment setters. We had a whole room with six, seven girls in a room, and they would call all the customers from the front sale and set appointments for the upsell guys. So the upsell guys would come in, and they would have eight or nine appointments scheduled every hour on the hour throughout the day. They come in the day with a full calendar. And then they'd pitch all day and try to make the bigger sales, a thousand bucks plus two hundred dollars a month, right? And you know what happens is, is that not all eight or nine people show up to the call. Who reschedules? Who didn't answer? I mean, the appointment's more important for us than it is for the customer. They don't care as much because they're busy doing their day-to-day stuff in their business. And you know, a lot of times we'd have guys that would only talk to four guys a day, and the rest of the day kind of sit around, right? So, you know, uh, you know, there was this. Uh, this feeling that, oh, you know, these guys are just sitting around and I get that. Right. 
Um, right, so, right. So then this time around, we said, look, next, you know, we're not doing that next time. We're not going to have eight appointment setters in a room, paying all these girls, these guys sitting around half the day. And we're going to make these guys set their own appointments. We're going to give them leads every day. And there's no reason why they can't set their, set their own appointments, right? And, and, and work them harder because they're getting paid to be here anyway. They're getting paid a salary plus commission. So even if they make no sales, they're still getting paid, right? So in theory, that sounds like the smartest decision, right? Pat? Yeah, in theory. <laughs> in theory. In theory, that sounds like the smartest decision, right? So uh, so now we're making the push, right? And we got now five upsell guys here, plus we have an upsell manager. They just started the new people. And, you know, and I'm watching, and so far, these guys are not filling their calendars, right? Like, you know, who, who, who do you have for tomorrow? I have five. I have six. I only said three, you know? So you know, right, right there alone, like if you don't have the opportunities to make the sales, you're not going to make as many sales. So if you don't fill your calendar all day with, with opportunities and appointments, that alone hurts the company, right? So now yep. it's, you know, well, these guys aren't working hard enough. They got to set more appointments. They got to figure out how to do it. And then, you know, and, and I was playing all the scenarios in my head yesterday. I'm like, okay. I'm like, like I watched the one kid yesterday, Kevin, right? Young kid had a breakout day yesterday. He did three sales put up like $2,000 in sales plus the monthly is great day for the kid. Proud of him. He's been working hard, staying late. We've been training him, putting in extra time because I know the kid has it in him, right? The kid has the work ethic. He's got that mindset. He just needed to learn more of the skill set and the art of closing and looping and benefits and rebuttals, whatever. So yesterday he like put it together, right? So I talked to him and he had five, he had five guys that showed up in a row. Five hours in a row on the out. Boom, boom. She so had five pitches in a row, five hours straight. So he didn't have time to set any appointments because he was on the phones for five hours straight with almost no break. Right? Yep. So I'm like, okay. So now he's scrambling around trying to set some appointments to fill his calendar as fast as he could. Right? So, you know, that's one scenario right there, right, of what fucks everything up. Right? And then, yep. and then I was thinking about you know, back then when we did it, and I get it, you got guys sitting around bullshitting, throwing paper airplanes, they don't have appointments, but <laughs> but whether it was like that or not, okay, it worked fucking tremendously, right? And then the appointment setting room, and these are all the things that I talked to Brian and Kevin about, I'm just catching you up to speed, and I think it's a good conversation to have on the podcast, right? So, yep. I, you know, back then when we did this, right, we had an, a room of appointment setters. We had one girl that ran the room. Right. And then she had a bunch of girls under her and every day. And that was a huge department. It was a very valuable function of our business. Like that department was a department. That department had meetings every day. We met with the manager once a day. We looked at how many leads there were in the system, how much each lead was worth. We did a, we, we, we made a, a KPI called revenue by appointment and we figured a uh, revenue per appointment RPA. And we figured out how much appointment was worth based on how many sales we made. And then we looked at how many calls, how many leads we had, how many old leads that we recycled that we never got to pitch because they didn't show up. And then we set numbers of how many appointments each girl had to set per day and then we put bonuses in place all right girls if you hit 20 appointments for the day you get a 50 dollar bonus like it was a fucking real functioning department that was a huge important department to to our success with the uh, with the upsells right and then yep. on top of that pat 
you know, besides, you know, having 15 guys and 15 full calendars, then we'd set three ghost calendars, right? And those were not on anybody's calendars. They were appointments set because there was no shows. So then a guy like Richie would be like, hey, my two o'clock didn't show up. You got one for me? Yup, I got a two o'clock. Here you go, call this guy. And it was like, we had this thing on such a fucking machine that no matter what, we had guys pitching the most they could possibly pitch on a day. So just like you guys on front sales are, are trying to make sure these guys have five and a half hours of talk time and they're dispositioning uh, calls within a few seconds. This way they don't lose time and it adds up and they're only taking breaks on the a lot of times. It's the same kind of theory here, right? We got to have these guys on the phone. We pitch it yep. all day. So the more I kept talking about this in my own head, the more I'm convincing myself that there's no way in hell ever that them setting their own appointments will ever be nearly as efficient as us hiring people and doing it the way we did it last time. And then no matter what, even if we're just looking at, well, we were paying girls $600 a week and we had to have four of them, no matter what, even paying, I still think we're going to make 10 times more money doing it that way. And then we're going to actually lose money by not doing it that way. And, and I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah, no, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, here, like where I can resemble or where I can, you know, really reference of how that works or how it works in other types of businesses and industries is the one thing I always looked at is like the mortgage industry, right? The big thing with the mortgage industry is they would always get leads assigned to them. They wouldn't follow up with them or they would schedule all their appointments to talk to people in one day or collecting docs, right? That you know, a lot of the mortgage industry, they changed and started having, you know, what we call like loan officer assistance, right? So yep. they'd have somebody that was sitting there uh, scheduling appointments for these loan officers to talk to all day, as well as like helping them collect docs, right? Yep. Not that we need that as far as the doc collecting, but if you look at like how the mortgage industry has evolved and is changing like any other business, um, that helps them get more production because their focus is, is to go in, price out a loan, do somebody's loan application over the phone, see if they qualify, see if it makes sense, get off the phone and hope that they send in the documents. But if they just keep chasing that one person, you know, they're never going to get more stuff in the pipeline. So uh, an assistant or an appointment setter would sit there and schedule appointments for them all day. Say, hey, I got one right behind here. Talk to this guy. I'll collect the docs. You know, so their focus really all day, every day is just selling, you know, when right. you have to take your foot off the gas, like for instance, you know, Kevin yesterday going on the phone, five hours, right? Five calls back to back, you know, after that, you want to still load them up and say, Hey, don't worry about appointments. Here's another call for you. Call them. You're on fire. You're heating That's up. That's what know? I'm saying, bro. Right. And, and I, right. That's the only way to do it. That's the only way to do it to keep it going. You know, yes. it's like it's like anytime does anybody does a sale on the front, right? They do a sale. They're like, oh, I'm gonna go have a smoke. It's like, why are you gonna go have a smoke? You just sold somebody. Go right back at it and get another one because usually when you get one, a couple more follow right after because you're on fire. You got the flow down. You got momentum. Yeah. Right. So, so that's why I've been like, it, it was in my head all day yesterday. I've been thinking about, it. I'm like, I don't think this is the right decision. And, and I understand, right? Like, you know, yeah, you know, I don't want this lazy mentality. It's not about, it's about making the best decision to impact revenue for the company. That's it. Yeah. Right. 
I'll give you an example. When I uh, when I was in New York City and we were in the Empire State Building years ago, and I was in that company, the tax club that I always told you stories about. They had a <laughs> yeah, yeah. They had a room, right, of like forty guys, right, and that was their that was their front sale, but it was a high ticket sale. It was like four or five thousand dollars, and these leads that they would get from these other coaching floors in Utah were like very valuable, good leads, right? And this is how they would do it. They would give each rep 10 leads on Friday, 10, right? Here's mm-hmm. your 10 leads for next week, 10 for the whole week, okay? A picture, <laughs> you took an hour, right? And then that Friday, the rep would call those, those 10 leads. That's all they got for the whole week, right? And they'd schedule them throughout the week. They would have two on Monday, three on Tuesday, one on Wednesday, just 10 the whole week. And the rest of the time, the whole week, they were just sat around. They were reading the newspaper. They were talking about sports. So those guys there worked probably 15% of their day, right? That's all they really worked. But you know what, bro? They build out $80 million a month. Out of that, excuse me. They build out $80 million a year from that company. And that one floor alone right there was doing a million dollars a week, right? So forget about you know, the, the laziness or if the guys aren't being pushed enough, if something it just works, like not worrying about like, well, they're getting paid $12 an hour. They should be doing more. Like, I don't fucking care about that as much as I care about making the right decision to impact revenue for the company. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I think, you know, where a lot of people look at it is, is they do take it down to dollars and cents, you know, they're like, okay, well, they only work 15% of the time. How can we make them more productive? One, do you give them more leads? Well, you don't want them to burn leads, right? If they're expensive. And second of all, it's like, okay, well, are they going through and rehashing old stuff that never closed, right? It's trying to maximize because that's what it comes down to is maximizing the time that people are doing their sales, right? Well, here's, here's the other problem. But here's the other problem, though, Pat, is that, you know, the way sales guys are, right? Sales guys judge leads. Right. So then they look at their lead list and then they see four types of industries that they don't think are good buyers. Right. So then so then they don't call those leads because ah, those are shittier leads. And then they don't call those because they think that they're shitty leads because they're very judgmental of the type of leads. Right. So now they're making this they're making a decision that that's a shit. Now they're they're not even calling that lead. Meanwhile, if you have just a room, they're calling everybody. Over and over and over again because all they're worried about is filling that fucking calendar up every day. Yep, yep. So it's a different mentality too by doing it that way, right? Like I said, boy, I had, I had this new girl, new girl that's here, you know, third day here. Yesterday, she's like, hey, you know, I got these leads and you know, half of them are shitty. How the fuck does she know they're shitty or not? <laughs> she just fucking yep. started. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So these are all the things. I was going crazy all day in my head yesterday. Finally, I said, I talked to Kevin for an hour, to Brian for an hour. I said, look, you could do things your way for like a little while, but I just, I really, really feel like in, at, at the end of the day, if we want to make a push, you know, like I think about, you know, listening to a lot of these guys, like even like Grant Cardone, like what would Grant Card do? Grant Cardone would put fucking gas on the fire. He'd fire, he'd fire fucking three appointment setters or whatever it took and fill the fucking calendar so we had as many opportunities to pitch as many as we could every day to make as many sales as we could right fucking now. That's what he would do. And that's what I exactly. think more, most successful people would do. 
Yeah, but think about it this way. Th- think about how that mentality would work for the salespeople. Right now, if, in a, if a salesperson's trying to schedule their own appointment, they have time to look at the file and look at the lead, right. look at what they're about, who, what industry they are, their website, whatever it is, they, they, can, they waste time doubting themselves or doubting this client or coming up with this whole thing before they make a phone call. Like yeah. you always said, like the, the blind enthusiasm, like that's where like predictive dialers or where dialers work for people because, hey, they don't have chance to think about the person they're going to talk to. As soon as they get on the phone or as soon as it rings in their ear, they're talking to somebody. They that's can't it. judge. They can't uh, pre-qualify somebody. They're just dump- jumping in and saying, hey, how can I help you? Right. I mean, yeah. that's really what it comes down to. It's if you're just feeding these guys, they don't have time to think about anything else. But just how am I going to close and pitch this person? Simple. Yeah. And on, on top of that, on top of that, too, is a, another point is that, you know, when you have a department that's only responsible for that, every single person in that department is trained to set the appointment the exact same way with the exact same script with the exact way to qualify them to make sure they're going to show up to the appointment. Uh, you know, it's, it's very strict when you're giving it out to five, six, six guys. I know they're not sticking to the appointment setting script. I know they're all over the fucking place. I know they're not setting it up perfectly like they should be because it's not being controlled. And then now, so now they have to set appointments and they have to pitch sales too in between. It's like, there's no, it's a, it, to me, it's an inconsistent flow of the day. You're just trying to schedule calls in between when you have a few minutes. There's no like set time to do it. And you can't set a time to do it because there's Pacific Coast, there's there, 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 then there's Mountain, then there's Central. So you can't call Pacific too early at 9 a.m. So you can't say 9 to 10 set the appointments, right? So what do you say from 12 to 1 this way? It's morning there and afternoon here. But these guys are business owners. They might be on the job. It's just uh, to me. <laughs> And even talking about it now, I'm just convincing myself more and more and more that I'm right. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. I mean, I can't, I can't say that it's not going to help because I just look at how sales guys are. The toughest thing when it comes to sales, you know, salespeople is, you know, they always say it's a lead. So it's always a lead problem. Yep. But yep. let's just put it this way. If I handed you a piece of paper and said, hey, call this guy and set an appointment. Or I said, hey, you have an 11 o'clock appointment. Here you go. Here's the number. Call it right now. Yeah. Uh, there's a different mentality when they, when they do that. They're like, hey, this is somebody did the work for me. So they're already pre-qualified. They know I'm calling them about something. So they're already warmed up in some sense. So a salesperson mentality, like, hey, this is a warm lead. This is good. This is money. Uh, yes. When really it's, it's, it's the same thing that they set their own appointment. But in the mentality of a salesperson, hey, they think it's a more qualified person. So they try harder, in my, in my opinion. Dude, I mean, you know, it's it's good. I'm I'm glad you're agreeing with me because it's I'm fucking going nuts <laughs> thinking about this. I'm trying to bite my tongue because you know the way I am. Once I start going on a roll about something, I don't fucking stop. So you know, I I planted this plenty of seeds last night between Brian and Kevin about this, and you know, I think they they they're gonna you know agree. Kevin is really in charge of the party. I think he's gonna agree because he's gonna keep forcing these people to change their habits here. When you know, it's just. I, it's just, I, I know what worked and it worked fucking, it didn't just work a little bit. It worked fucking tremendously. So I don't see well, any reason why I wouldn't do the same thing. Well, think about, think about it this way. Think about the, the, the call center space in general. Why do you think outsourcing for call centers now is such in high demand? 
yep. because salespeople here are lazy, right? Or yep. they pre-qualify, so they're like, look, I keep giving these guys 100 leads to call. They maybe call 20 of them. Yeah, they're getting some sales, but I know they can do more. So they're like, you know what? I'm just burning all this money. I might as well just hire somebody overseas that they know their job is just to set an appointment for my guy. And that's why they pay all these all this money for outsourcing staff to do the work for people here, which is ridiculous, right? Because you think about it, like people are like, oh, I'm not getting paid enough. Like I want more minimum wage. I want more of this. It's like, you know what? A lot of people don't complete their daily tasks. So right. they have to resort to paying less money to people overseas that appreciate the, the job, the opportunity, and they work their ass off for it. So I, it's like... It's that weird, you know, how do you balance it, right? Like, do you pay more for people to, to try and make somebody else's job easier? Or do you try and lean on the people and make them work harder? You, know? I, you, you just do whatever is going to impact us the best, right? So exactly. I, I'll give you an example. Like uh, this, this uh, I'm bringing up this girl again, but this new girl today came up she's like, hey, I called my 20 leads. She's like only five answered the phone and two couldn't do the appointment. So, you know, give me more leads, right? Meanwhile. Yeah. If that was in the appointment setting room, they'll just keep calling through them. They'll call those 20 leads five times today until they get the guy on the phone. And then they'll book the fucking appointments. And out of those 20, instead of fucking three, they'll book fucking 10. Exactly. It's efficiency. Job, it's efficiency. Yeah, their job. And they know that, hey, if I want to get paid and I want to make money, my simple job is this one task. Their only job. Set of appointments. That, and that's, that's, that's all their job is to do. Your job is to come in here and set as many appointments as you can. And if you set X amount, you're going to get bonus. That's all you do all day. And if that's such an important function of the business and that's going to lead to more revenue, then that's the way it has to be fucking done. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I mean, maybe hey, you, maybe you can go to bat with me over here, pal. Okay. I don't know. I, I, I'm right there with you. <laughs> I right, think good. it makes sense. You know, if you have enough salespeople and it makes sense where you have enough leads that you can feed these people, then you start doing these other little departments to not necessarily make their job easier, but make their job more focused, right? Hey, like it's the same thing. Like why do people have um, other departments after a sales done, right? It's the same how we have it. Once the sales done, we put it into somebody else's hands to handle the whole account. Because you have salespeople that just manage the sale and you have a, account representatives that handle the account. So it's the same like any other industry. They try and separate it so people can focus on the one thing that they're good at and that's it. They don't have like a guy that's not good at paperwork or not good at collecting paperwork or whatever the case may be. You take that away from them. Say, hey, you know what? You're not good at this. Let's take it away. You're really good at selling. So all I want you to do day in, day out is sell. That's it. You're good at that. Let's focus on that and give you only that task so you're not distracted or getting upset or, you know, wasting your time on duties that you can't perform well. Right. So then, you know, the, the another thing, too, is, you know, um, back when we did this, too, you know, a sales guy, when he comes in and he's got nine appointments on the calendar, he's full calendar, comes in, all right, here we go, I got nine, cracks his fucking knuckles, he's ready to go, he could text an appointment, hey, we got an appointment in 15 minutes, wanna make sure you're in front of the computer, okay, great, he confirm his own appointments with text messaging through the system, you know, like it's just, all he has to do is confirm, make sure they show up. That's, that's another yeah. thing I didn't even bring up yesterday. <laughs> yeah, you I mean, know? It's, it, it, if you give them the right tools, 
and where they can just focus on one thing. Cause I know, I mean, you've been there. I've been there when, when you've been in the company, you know, you've been in mortgage before yeah. and you just have this list of people and they're like, Hey, you know what, your job, you're going to just call all these people and find out who wants to get a refi or who wants a purchase. It has some information, but you know, sometimes it's just grueling to go drill through, you know, a hundred people. And you're like, Oh my God, I called 30 people and not one person picked up. It starts eating away at some people, you know, oh, yeah. as a salesperson, it eats away at you. But when you have something like, Oh, like, Hey, these 10 people uh, want you to call at these specific times. It's been confirmed. Your job is to call them at that time specifically. Like, you know, as a salesperson, you're like, dude, I only have to talk to 10 people a day and I'm going to talk to all 10 of these and I should close two, three of them at least. Yeah. And I, mean, I can make, I can make two or three grand a week just talking to eight people a day. Yeah. Why not? You know what I mean? And they're happy about it because they know all I have to do is come into work every day. And that's my only focus. So focus on my calendar, call these people and sell them. That's, that's it. it. You're not outside fucking uh, laying bricks. You're not pouring concrete. You're not under the sun. You're not doing construction. You know, you're not doing physical labor. Like you're inside. <laughs> you're not hey. taking two, 300 calls a day to try and find, you know, those 10 people to talk to, you know? <laughs> you know, man, you're in sneakers and jeans and a t-shirt because we don't have customers come to the office, you know, so it's okay. Everybody's lax in sneakers, hats, jeans, t-shirts, and you're comfortable. You're throwing your headset on the front of the computer. You're in the air conditioning and you're just chilling all day using your mouth to make money like you know i had this conversation with the kid the new kid kevin over here i said look man i was like if you are able to talk and you're able to sell you can make money your whole life in a very comfortable environment (laughs) and and, and in your sneakers in your jeans and you know you know the way we are you guys are the same we're not dicks people love working for us we treat people with respect we don't talk down to people it's like look we're in this together if you don't make money we're not making money if you make money <laughs> we're making money i want you to make as much money as you can i want you to call five deals a day because you're making me money and you're making money and we're making money together it's great yeah it's great and you know what's funny it's like you ever look at people's like i always think of sales like in so many different aspects and you do too i mean grant cardone says it in his book plenty of times but but you look at sales when you're selling and you're doing well or even doing great, right? When you leave the office, you feel great and you feel like you're on top of the world. And the good thing is, is like you can like, uh, like it's the same thing. Like people can never say, you know, take a no, right? That so they always are grinding, grinding, grinding. You use that in everything. Like you go out and you want to buy a car and the guy's like, hey, you're going to pay 35 grand. You're like, no, I'm not paying 35 grand. Uh And you know how to negotiate and just have conversations with people. The more you sell, the better you sell. You actually like people don't realize how much they apply those skills even outside of the workplace, you know, people want to be around people that are happy. And then when you're selling, you're usually happy. And people want to talk to you more. And you realize your verbal skills, your conversational skills, they increase with the better that you get at selling. Well, you know, you said the word negotiation, right? And uh, that just brings me back to what happened last week. Okay. Because I felt like when I talked to this person on the phone that day of the bizarre thing that happened that we're going to talk about, um, I felt like I was, I, was, I, was, I was involved with a hostage negotiation. Okay. Right. So you were there. I wasn't there. I talked about it on the live show. 
but, you know, I do want to talk about this crazy, bizarre situation that happened out there last Tuesday. Was it Tuesday? Thursday. Thursday. It was Thursday? Yeah. Okay. It was Thursday. So we had uh, someone that worked in the office out there. I met him a couple of times. Uh, definitely uh, a little peculiar. Um, big dude, too. Uh, aggressive guy. Uh, you could tell he has a, a little unstable mentally, but, you know, but, but seemed like a good dude. And, uh, you know, and, you know, looking back now, uh, we have to be, be very careful when we hire people and just maybe do a little more vetting because what happened was very unexpected, right? So, uh, this guy definitely had some anger problems and, um, you know, he wasn't doing that well. He had some good weeks and bad weeks. And then, you know, he came in uh, very angry Thursday morning, uh, and then the day started, and then I believe that he yelled at a coworker in a derogatory way, and then you guys called him into the office, and then what happened from there? So, yeah, I mean, we, we brought him in. I mean, we were trying to have, like, a conversation. We've had multiple different conversations, and, uh, you know, he came in, and we said, hey, you know what? we could see you're frustrated you're not happy and you know i think it's better if we part ways because one you're not happy and you're taking it out on everybody around you and two you just you don't you don't look like you want to be here right when you hate your job and you don't want to be here it, it just comes out so and then from that it was uh you know it was a verbal argument you know he got very upset and was upset that we let him go, but he kept venting and raving. It's like, I was waiting for you to fire me. It's like, I don't know why you got so angry, right? I don't know why you're getting so angry at us when you're telling us that you wanted us to fire you. Um, you know, it was going back and forth. It was probably a good 30, 45 minute conversation. Well, let me rephrase it. Not a conversation, a yelling match and trying to just have a civil conversation that never happened. You know, a desk was thrown over, he was going back out because people, you know, people started trying to come into the office and try and settle the situation, which made it even worse. And he was going out saying that he was going to beat somebody up. But we pulled him back in, settled it down and said, hey, look, just, you know, this is just a stepping stone. This is just this is it. Like it, it didn't work for you. You got upset. You got frustrated with the job. Like just call it quits and just move on. Like you have the you have the skills and opportunity to just go. And, you know, he signed his check and stormed out of the office. And, you know, it, it was just a, a very, you know, crazy situation. Crazy uh, situation I, where, you know, where a lot of the employees were afraid, right? Yeah. And, he, yeah. and he, ma he made some threats to the other, I'm coming back here, I'm taking you out, I'm taking you some very, uh, you know, uh, terroristic threats almost, if you want to say, uh, threatened uh, very, very uh, bad violence. Uh, said he was coming back there with people in a couple of hours to uh, just very, very rage, a total rage. Um, had to call the police. Police came. Um, and then, uh, you know, employees were scared. We asked what they wanted to go. One person wanted to go because they were scared. The rest stayed and we had a great day. But yep, it didn't stop from there. Right now, this guy was gone for a few hours, but texting one of the employees, that's it. I'm coming back there. This ain't over yet. I'm grabbing my shit. I'll be back there later on today. I'm going to get this guy and that guy and that guy. I'm coming with guys like almost like completely ridiculous, you know, and I said, let me let me call the guy. 
right? And, yep. and you guys said, sure, call him. I called the guy up, and what I found was a very, very mentally unstable person. Um, I talked to him for about 45 minutes. I was like, look, man, just relax. I'm like, why, why are you taking – you don't understand the way I am and how I grew up. I can't let this go. I'm not this. I'm not a normal kind of person. You know, the price has to be paid now. I'm coming back there. There's no choice but to come back there and take care of business. And I was just like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Take care of what business? You know, you're you're you got to calm down, all right." Um, and then we 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 found out later that the person, uh, you know, was actually did some time, um, you know, uh, not on the streets. <laughs> uh, ha- had a history of some bad things that happened, and and just it was it was like a hostage negotiation. Like, I think, look, just calm down. I'm like, we'll give you a good reference. You got to get a job somewhere. You got a kid. You got a family. You got a car. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I'm I'm not right in the head. I got to calm down. But 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 no, no way. No one treats me like that. I, no no no. This can't go undone. I got to come back there and I have to do what's right. I'm like, bro, like, bro, what, what do you? What kind of satisfaction are you gonna get? My own satisfaction by going there and taking care of what I got to do. No one's gonna do this to me. I'm like, dude. It's a job that didn't work out. You could go get another job, go file unemployment. I can't file unemployment. I haven't done my taxes in 10 years. It don't matter to me. I don't care if someone blows my head off right now. And I was like, whoa, calm down. And I'm, and I'm really, I felt like I was, uh, 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 that guy in the movie, the negotiator was it Samuel L. Jackson. I forgot who the uh, main character was in the negotiator with the hostage negotiation. And then I would get him calmed down. So look, just, you're thinking, you're not thinking clearly. I'm like, no one in the office did anything to you. Yeah, you're right. No one did anything to me. You know, I, 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 you're, you're right. I have to go on my way. But, 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 but no, 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 no. It ain't gonna end like that. I'm coming back there. I'm taking care. Like it was nonstop. This back and forth of mentally weird conversation that I've never had with somebody like this, bro. Like I've never really had to deal. And with business, you're always dealing with all kinds of crazy situations. And in this industry, too, in the call center with a high churn rate of people. But this specific thing that happened was very bizarre. And talking to this guy was very bizarre. And just it was almost like uh, I was in the movie fucking Split, where the guy had multiple, a whole bunch of different personalities that were coming right. out. They were coming out within 30 seconds of each other. It was fucking insanity, dude. Yeah, no, it def- definitely was uh, a, a crazy situation. And that's where, you know, like you look at it at anything, you know, you, you never know what somebody's past or what they've dealt with in their past and what can set off or or really trigger somebody's, you know, emotional state or, you know, and, and their anger just comes out from something that you don't even know, you know. That's why it's just crazy. Like, you could, you could say the one wrong thing to somebody and, you know, that they, they just set off and you're like, what did I just say? Like, I didn't even know. Um, and I think that's really what, what it came down for him. It's just all his like built up anger just finally came out. You know, um, I think a lot of people have problems with just, uh, you know, they get angry about a situation or problem or something and they have no release mechanism. I mean, you, you, you know, look, you go to the gym, what? four times a week at least um six six yeah you know you have a place and and a place to go to let out your frustrations your anger all your emotions and really just be uh, in some sense peaceful right some people have different mechanisms that they need to use just a lot of people don't they go to work they go home 
They bitch about work. They bitch about work to themselves. They don't have anybody to talk to. And then that anger just slowly builds up, builds up, builds up, builds up. That was a situation that happened last week. It was just, that was the tipping point, right? And, you know, you say things and do things that you never would do, but because you're so angry and blind rage, you just, that's just how it goes. And I think that's what really happened. You know, now thinking, looking back on it, looking at the different conversations we had through the time, like, I think it was just built up anger and rage, not only maybe at work about us, but, you know, personal situations, things that happened in the past, it just all builds up. And, you know, I think that's always a key thing that I always tell people that work around the clock. Like I know friends of mine that work seven days a week, 12, 13 hour days. It's like, Hey, you ever get a chance to just like let loose, like relax, like, I don't know, go, go to the shooting range, go shooting. Uh, do you ever go out, like go do yoga or go race cars or something like, or do you just go home and sit there and watch TV? Like there's, there's no release there. You know what I mean? It was just, uh, and, 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 I, and I actually did like the kid. I did not like yeah. the kid. And it was, you know, and, but did this conversation, bro, I was just like, I was like, dude, I was like, look, you get, I'm not getting another job. I'm going back on the streets. I know where I came from. I'm going to get my money on the streets like I know how to. I'm like, then what, going to end up in jail again? I don't care. I ain't afraid of jail. I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? And I said, look, I've known, and I'm from New Jersey here, and I've been around some bad stuff over here. I said, look, I've known guys like you who who uh, had had a bad first half of their life. You know what I know? I know guys who had a great second half. You know, and because you got the gift of gab, you know how to talk on the phone, you know how to sell, you can always make money doing that. I mean, so you're just talking about having a bad day, throwing your whole life away, going back on the streets, doing things that are illegal to earn money, all because you had a bad couple days. I said, man, you got to get a fucking hold of yourself, you know? So thank God we, thank God we haven't heard from him since. And it seems like it's, it kind of uh, is in the past now. It's been a week now since the situation happened, but man. That was a very unique, it's amazing in business and in life that you face things, whether you want to call it adversity or challenges, like, but unexpected things that you cannot account for, you know, like for, like if this kid, right, if this kid went a little further and maybe actually beat somebody up that day in the office, that literally, that literally could have led to 10 people quitting right there and never coming in again. Yep. That's how crazy, that's how you have to be ready to go, ready for any kind of challenge or thing that happens because you got to expect the unexpected. That was fucking unexpected. Yep. Fuck it, man. (laughs) (laughs) Say that again. I mean, it was definitely something out of the blue. You'd never see anything like that ever coming. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's, you know, you got to see and, 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 see things like this i mean as much as you try to you got to try and prepare for it for one but two you know if you see a situation in any in any office setting you, you got to get rid of the bad food or the problem or fix the problem immediately you know immediately it's like anything if, if, if two people are getting in it in the office and you don't do anything about it um you know take this situation aside but if two people disagree or sit next to each other and they get annoyed with each other you, i mean you gotta you gotta knit that in the butt now otherwise it could be a bigger and more worse problem you know damn right buddy well believe it or not <laughs> that was already almost an hour i don't even know how that happened um you know uh we didn't prepare for this meeting we never do we just kind of talk and just talk about day-to-day business stuff but uh yeah i mean that, that was already an hour so uh, that was good 
I think this is good stuff for people to hear, especially the first part of the conversation about the appointment setting and making the right decisions for the business, you know? So, uh, good stuff, yeah. Patrick. I'll be out there in a couple of weeks and then, uh, we'll do it again soon, brother. All right. Sounds good. All right. I'll talk to you in a little bit. I'm going to go take a little lunch break now. All right. All right. Later, brother. Later. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe. Tune in to Facebook and Instagram for our live shows at Call Center BS. Visit our website, callcenterbs.com, to connect with us for any call center solutions you may need.